Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Today I have sitting across from me, Bobby Stuckey. We've been friends for, what'd you say, Bobby? 21 years. 21 years. You're old. I know, that makes me feel very old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <for laughs> I'm sure. not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I am. So, uh, well, it's great to have you here tonight. I appreciate you accepting the uh, invitation to be on this podcast. You're welcome. So, Bobby, what's good? Talk about what's good in your life. Tell me about yourself. Um, I married to Dylan Stuckey. Um, we have five kids ranging from our oldest will be 18 next week. And our youngest is six. And we're neighbors with Grover. What else would you like to know? How did you learn to be such a hard worker? Where did you get that fantastic work ethic? It's from being raised on a potato farm. And we did a lot of hard work as a family. I have seven siblings or seven of us total. And we did a lot of work together. We moved pipe twice a day. We roguet oats, which is going and taking the weeds out of the wheat field. My husband likes to remind me and I like to forget that we had to get up early, early in the morning and cut the potatoes that would be planted for the day because they were too big to go through the planter. So we had to cut them down to size and we would do that for several hours before we would go to school. And then when we'd come home, we'd if they didn't, if we didn't have enough, then we'd go back out to the cellar and cut a bunch more. How many years did you have to do that? A couple. I mm-hmm. think my dad figured out it was a lot more work than it was worth saving. Yeah. <laughs> Several hours every morning before school. Yeah. Holy cow. So when you look back on that, do you think that contributes to your work ethic today? Yeah. I'm not afraid of hard work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't scare me. I know, you know, I'll get my hands dirty and do what it takes to achieve what my goal is. Does it matter what type of work it is? No. No. As long as I'm physically capable, I'll do it. You said you have five children. All of them are boys except for four of them. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Surprisingly, we got a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Are you passing that along to them on how to really work hard and know how to work? Yeah. My kids work really hard. I think I've taken that work ethic that my parents raised us with and have instilled it in my kids. I always said I would never marry a farmer because of how hard the lifestyle was. But I married somebody in construction, which is worse, possibly. Um, So so I've always wanted them to work hard. And they do dishes every morning before they go to school. They have their jobs that they have to do before they're allowed to leave. Um, That sounds very harsh. But, you know, they unload the dishwasher and they sweep the floor and they just make sure that they leave the house in a cleanly order. And for my business that I've had for 15 years, my kids work hard and it provides the money that they want and need for whatever they're wanting to do. And they work hard. They work, you know. I bet they do. Yeah, I can see that. You've got some fantastic kids. They are good kids. So I have a 14-year-old, and she is a wonderful seamstress. She can sew. She sews our quilts for us, and she she does a really good job. I have my almost 18-year-old. She, I have two wood lasers, and she runs them almost exclusively unless it takes too long to accomplish what the shipment is for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, she also does most of the shipment by herself for what we ship out every day. And my other kids, they help and have learned how to 
make the business run. You said you started a business 15 years ago. So let's backtrack a little bit and let's talk about how that all started and what it is that you do. Um, So 15 years ago, we had our first daughter and the car that I had was not reliable. And we didn't, you know, didn't feel safe having her in there as, you know, a lot of new parents do. So we bought a car and we weren't super financially stable at that time. And so I didn't ever want Dylan to ever have to have carry the burden of paying for that car because the car was technically mine. So I felt this heavy burden of if I could only make $311, then I could take that burden from him. So it had been a goal. It took me a couple years to finally figure out what I wanted to do. So when my second daughter was born, I had written a pattern for, it's called a belly band. So your shirts are kind of short when you, you know, like they get shorter as you get fatter. And I needed something to cover up my belly so that I would feel more comfortable and couldn't figure out how, and I didn't have the money to buy one. So I just sat down, figured it out one day, made it and listed it on Etsy for $3 and sold $20 worth of this pattern that I didn't tell anybody I had ever done within a couple of days and kind of just went from there. Now I do quilts, rag quilts for mostly babies. We do a lot of Christmas ornaments, a lot of, they're called barn quilts. Have you ever seen on a, like on people's barns or sheds outside, there will be like a quilt block painted. Oh, a quilting block. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we do the templates for those. We engrave them on wood so that it makes it easier to paint them. Oh, no way. So how did you progress from making that belly band? What did you call it? A belly band. Okay. (laughs) A belly band. Sounds funny to say that. It is so funny. As I'm grasping onto my own belly right now. (laughs) It's kind of embarrassing to think that that's what I actually started with. (laughs) A belly band. So how'd you go all the way from a belly band to making engravings and things like that? Wow. It was just a very slow progression. Mm -hmm. When I realized that that one pattern sold, then we were doing rag quilts for my second daughter that was going to be born soon. And so then I designed a quilt pattern and listed that one and it started selling and then I started having people ask me if I could make the quilts. So then I started making the quilts for people mm. and it's just slowly progressed about, I think it was during COVID. I told Dylan, I was getting bored with the business, getting bored to the point that I was not feeling fulfilled. It has taught my kids how to work and it's been really good for our family that way. He doesn't need my help to make money to support mm-hmm. our family anymore. Right. And I have kind of lost my purpose in my business our kids did competitive dance and that was very overwhelming we had you know there was just a lot going on in our lives and I was just getting to the point that the business was kind of getting you know kind of getting a burden and I didn't want it to be a burden anymore and I said I needed something different so at that point I started researching things and I was thought a wood laser looks fun I don't know much about wood I don't know much about but Dylan's like okay let's try it Mm -hmm. so we bought a little Glowforge and we made 9,000 Christmas ornaments that year that said hear him on them. Oh, my word. Yeah. And sold that little machine off. And now I have two really big machines. And this year we made Think Celestial ornaments. And mm-hmm. I think we made almost 20,000 of them. So it's just slowly. Wow. <laughs> it's really just been a really slow progression. Yeah. But if you have at least 
I see it this way. If you have creativity and you can think it and it's something that uh, is useful and somebody would really enjoy, like putting those sayings on there from conference talks or whatever, I think that's uh, pretty ingenious and people love those kind of things. Yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah. Is it still the same for you that you're kind of disillusioned by it now or are you okay now? I'm good now. Yeah. I just needed, sometimes I think I have ADD and I just get distracted or I'm not feeling Mm -hmm. as much focus. And now I think having them, you know, diversified, it's given Mm -hmm. me more that my brain has to work on. (laughs) Oh, sure. That makes sense. How do your kids feel about uh, working and doing that? They love it and they hate it. (laughs) (laughs) They love it. They're pretty proud of themselves when they can, you know, somebody will be like, well, how do you have time to make all these quilts and to cut out all this wood stuff? And I tell them, well, my kids are amazing. They, they know how to do it all. And they're pretty proud of themselves. You know, they, you can see that they're giving themselves a little pat on the back. So they like it. They like being able to earn money Mm -hmm. on their time, on their schedule. That's really good. I mean, most of us go out and get a little part-time job flipping burgers or something and and trying to make money that way, but they have it built in, in the home. That's really, I think, is a positive thing for them. Yeah. And for me as a mom, watching them, they earn the money. They know what it costs. Like my son, for the example, the other day, mom, I really need some new sweatpants. I have holes in my sweatpants. And I said, well, how much money do you have? I keep a running like spreadsheet for the younger kids, especially Mm -hmm. that they can visually see this is how much money they have. And so we sat down at the computer and looked all over Amazon trying to find him some pants. And he only had $20 in his little account. And all the sweatpants he wanted were 20 and, you know, were more than the $20 that he had. And so he was, then I looked at a different website and he was able to find Mm -hmm. for what he could, you know, so he's learned, like he knew he couldn't afford those pants and I could buy those pants for him like he doesn't have to buy them but I love that he you know he's like okay well I have to each quilt has to be lint rolled because when I after I I wash them before I ship them out and then they have fibers on them that come off of the rag quilt and they have to be lint rolled so he that's his job that's his job is to lint roll them all and he had to you know okay those pants are gonna I have to clean four quilts is that worth buying those pants because I have to you know so he, in his little brain, he's nine. He knows what it takes. I always say that I'm trying to raise my kids so that they can be good humans when they leave. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. going to stay with me forever. And I want right. them to be as empowered as they can, that when they walk out that door, that they can take care of themselves. Yeah, I mean, it, that makes so much sense to me because through it all, you're preparing these little children of yours to be able to live life and do it successfully. Yeah. And, you know, and they're learning the value of a dollar. Mm-hmm. Even at nine years old, your son is actually understanding that. So, yeah. you know, I think that goes a long way for them as they grow into adults and they'll learn how to manage money and, and other mm-hmm. things. So, and how to work hard. I hope so. Yeah. So as you watch your children grow and watch them progress through this whole thing, like you said, they're going to leave someday. What's one of the main things you hope they take with them from growing up in the Stuckey home? What's something you'd like them to take with them? I hope that they know that they're loved, that we've done our best. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. But I hope that they know. Like in our house, we all have our jobs, right? Like we each do. They have their assigned jobs. But I hope as they work in the business with us, that they see that we don't like, 
It's not just Braxton's job to roll the blankets. Who's available to roll the blankets or who needs the money? Like that they can learn how to not just do their job to also reach out and see what other jobs can be done and how they can contribute to the whole picture instead of just their little parcel. Yeah. So what would you say the secret, if there is a secret, to raising children who can make it out in this world? Is there a secret to it? I don't know. I don't have any kids outside of my own home. But you you're know? preparing them for that. Yeah, my oldest is a senior. and mm -hmm. Pretty soon she's flying out of the nest, mm -hmm. isn't she? I have a lot of people ask me, are you worried? Are you scared? Like, how do you? It's yeah. so scary that your daughter is, and I'm, I'm not scared. What makes you not scared? Because I've watched how she is at home. If I left my house for a month, I'd come back and it would be standing, operating. It would probably be clean. It, you know, like mm -hmm. she's just, she knows how to live a good life. And yeah. so I'm not like, she can manage her, you know, she's got an, her associates. She'll have that when she graduates high school and she's figured it out on her own. I don't do it mm -hmm. for them. No, but I still think it's like any sport. Uh, it's not just the players, but they've got to have a good coach behind them yeah. to help them be successful, you know. Right. And so I think you probably won't give this to yourself, but I think both of you deserve credit for saying, hey, you know, we did a pretty good job here. We're, we're raising respectful children who will go out and be contributing members of society, you know. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, and there has to be something behind that that maybe maybe you don't know exactly what it is, but you're doing it. Yeah. Our oldest, she needed to get her passport a couple months ago, and she filled out all the paperwork. She found what needed to be done. She came to me and got her birth certificate and, you know, all the paperwork. This is what it says it needs. Mom, where is this? And she, mm -hmm. you know, she got it. And then she got to the part that said that if you are under 18, you need to have your guardian with you. And she was so mad because she had done all of the work. Herself. Herself. And then as we're walking in the courthouse to go get it all taken care of, she was so upset that her mom had to walk in with her when she was capable of yeah. doing it herself. Yeah. So that, that's maturity right there. That, I, that was a very proud moment for me to know that she yeah. literally had done, I didn't do any of it. She even had, she had brought my checkbook for me so that like she had yeah. gotten everything. And then she had paid me back. Like she had, mom, here's the cash. It says I have to have a check. So I will, here's the cash. So I'll pay for my passport. Mm -hmm. She took care of it all. And I didn't ask her one thing. So that's why I don't think I'm scared for her to enter the world. And I hope my other kids are yeah. the same way. Well, she's the oldest. And I believe that those younger children are watching and they're learning from her and seeing so, yeah, that's going to rub off, too. Hopefully. But again, I still give a lot of the credit because she, I'm sure she didn't roll out of the womb knowing all this. <laughs> no. You know? She is. She does have an old soul, but <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe not that old. <laughs> yeah. But when I, I go back to that idea of what's the secret, I think a lot of people out there, parents, I should say, we worry about raising our children in this world that we live in today. And so is there any advice you could give? Give a parent when it comes to, because you've, you've raised five children, you're raising five children. What Ooh. kind of advice would you give? What would I give? Yeah. I would say, don't enable your kids. Let them figure it out. And you don't, don't just leave them mm -hmm. to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You're there 
they know you're there and yeah. you guide them, but you let them figure it out. Yeah. And they will. And they will. Is that a little bit scary though, when you're in the process of doing that? Because, you know, your tendency as a parent, and particularly as a mother, is to kind of shield them from things that might hurt them or shield them from things that are uncomfortable for them. But in a way, I guess what I hear you saying is you've got to trust them and teach them enough that when it comes time to do the task that you've asked them to do, you'll be confident that they can do it. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's scary. I would say it's more annoying or frustrating (laughs) to sit back and let them figure it out because you know you could do it so much faster Mm -hmm. or so much better or with so many less mistakes. Yeah. But it not teaching them anything. Right. In fact, I applaud the parent that can say, hey, come into the kitchen, boy or girl, doesn't matter. Come in the kitchen. We're going to teach you how to make, let's say, a cake, okay, mm-hmm. from scratch. And as a parent, you say, okay, crack three eggs or whatever it's going to take. And you watch them and it gets all over the floor and it gets everywhere. I applaud the parent that doesn't jump in and say, oh, just let me finish it. Because that's not teaching mm-hmm. them anything. If anything, it's teaching them that they're a failure. Yeah. Because it can't even crack an egg correctly. You yeah. Know? So let them make mistakes, right? Right. Bringing up the cake issue. <laughs> Our nine-year-old loves cake. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day he asked me, Mom, can I make a cake? And this is normal for him. And he started, I was upstairs working, and I ended up downstairs when he was getting ready to put it in the pan. And he had taken out the beaters and licked them. And he got the sourest face on and was like, something's wrong with this. Mom, taste it. And I said, no, I'm not tasting it. (laughs) (laughs) If something's wrong with it, something's wrong. I'm like, what did you put in there? So he pulls everything back out of the cupboard and he had grabbed the vinegar instead of the oil to put in the cake. And I was like, well, (laughs) there's the problem. Now you know what you did. Go dump it, you know. Fix it. Start over. Start over. Yeah. Sadly, we didn't have another cake mix for him to do. So we figured out, like, Uh I helped him make one from scratch that was, Mm -hmm. you know, a little more than he could do by Mm -hmm. himself. But that dollar cake mix didn't matter. Right. It didn't matter. What matters is is raising our children to have good, positive self-esteem. Yeah. And to just have that self-worth enough that they can experiment with new, you know, trying new things such as baking or skiing or, you know, whatever it is that they like to do. Yeah, uh, I think we as parents, we forget that sometimes we get a little frustrated, get a little annoyed, and we just jump in and say, it'll just be easier if I finish it. Mm-hmm. Just go sit back down. <laughs> right. And there's been times that I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you've learned. Yeah. Right? Yeah. From that. All right. So obviously parenting, it takes more than just you. You got you and your spouse. How do you manage that between the two of you so that the children feel that love and acceptance from both of you. And also when it comes time for correction. Ooh, that one's a hard one. I did implement a couple, what was it, a year ago? (laughs) Dylan has been working a lot lately, the previous two years to that. And I felt like there was becoming a disconnect Mm -hmm. between the kids and Dylan. And so I implemented what I call dad hours. And so what dad hours is, if Dad's home, like would typically be home, you know, 5, 6 p.m. until the evening. Those are his hours. The weekends are his hours. So if you need something or you want to go do something, you ask 
dad, you don't ask me. So a lot of times <laughs> they'll say, mom, can I go do this? And I'm like, well, whose hours is it? Is my response. So they have to go ask dad. 90% of the time he says, well, what does mom say? <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't help. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> but they do know they're, they've, it's been taking a while, but, and even Dylan will sometimes, our girls wanted to go somewhere tonight and, he was like, wait, those are my hours. They didn't ask me. <laughs> so they're all catching on to what are mom's hours and dad's hours. Yeah. Has it been successful so far of, with uh, this process? I think so. I think Dylan feels more involved instead of life in our home happening around him. Now he's yeah. in it. Yeah. I don't feel like I am carrying all of the burden of I have to know where all the kids are at all times at all. Play. You know, that's we're sharing that. So I think it's worked well. And I think the kids know that in reality, you have to have both mom and dad on board, (laughs) no matter what hours it is. If you're both there, you know, sharing of responsibility is what a great thing that is. It also teaches the the kids that everything's not just his or her responsibility. It could be both. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know we're winding down here. We have a few minutes, but let's just kind of switch gears a little bit and... Talk about how your faith has helped promote your um, awesome experience of raising your children. I think at the end of the day, I know that I'm held accountable for me. I'm not held accountable for my parents' choices. I'm not held accountable for Dylan's choices. I'm not held accountable for my kids' choices. What I'm held accountable for is me and how I treat my kids and how I treat my spouse. And I know that Heavenly Father knows that I'm trying to do my best. And so that brings me peace that, yeah, I may mess up, but he forgives and he forgets. And I can do better at the forgetting (laughs) and forgiving myself. But I think just knowing that Heavenly Father is there cheering me on is really what gets me through some of those harder days is that, you know, it's okay. So having him as a third partner, perhaps, in your marriage, making him a focal point of your home life, do you see that rubbing off on your children as they see your dedication and commitment to your faith? Yeah. When Ashlyn, our oldest, and our and Addie, was, when Addie was born, she was little, Dylan came to me and said, we need to start reading the scriptures. We hadn't, you know, as a family. So we would sit down every night and we would read one verse out of the Book of Mormon, and then the kids would say their prayers. At that time, I mean, Addie was a baby, so Ashlyn would say her prayers, and then, and we have held faithful to that ever since then. We've rarely missed, but I can tell you, I probably won't be home by the time the kids go to bed. The older kids are going to put the younger ones to bed, and they will do "Come Follow Me," and without you there. Oh yeah, yeah, they do it, and you know, it's a part of our life, like. Before they leave the house every morning, I forget most of the time that, hey, it's family prayer time before you guys. And somebody will pipe up and say, family prayer, I got to go do this. So let's get it done right now. You know, so they know and they know they need it just as much as I do. You and Dylan both have instilled great values in them that I believe that when they leave the house, maybe that's why you're not worried because you see what they're doing now. Yeah. And their faith will sustain them, obviously. But I can tell you this, I'm absolutely 100% sure 
that Heavenly Father is very accepting of your efforts because he sees his special children being raised raised up in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think you're blessed for that. You're being yeah. blessed for that. Yeah. And I think the blessing really comes through in peace and mm-hmm. calm for me. Like, I'm not worried. You know, we're just doing the best we can and mm-hmm. we're just going to keep trucking on. You have a lot of faith, don't you? I guess. <laughs> I mean, that to be able to say that, I'm not worried, uh, really says to me that you're bending your will to meet God's will. And he knows best. Yeah, he does know best. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's just extremely pleased with uh, the way your kids are being raised. I hope so. I'm yeah. trying. <laughs> and that'll just keep going, Bobby. You know, they'll marry and they'll have children. They'll do the same thing with their children. I think it's a, you're creating a posterity that right now you can't comprehend. But if you could see into the future, I think your heart would swell with pride. It's crazy to think about. Isn't it? Because <laughs> I'm still in the, you know, we're all in the at home and Yeah. You know, yeah, don't the, blink. In the, you know, we're in the trenches still. <laughs> yeah, but I if you blink pretty soon they're they're just gonna leave like every couple of years once the first one leaves. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a sad thought, but yeah. that's progression. That's what it's we do. It's exciting it. too though. Yeah. Because I'm excited for them. Yeah. For what to see what they can accomplish. Well, awesome. Well, this has been enlightening for me, Bobby, to be able to hear some of your experiences and, you know, mostly how how you've been able to go through your marriage in a way that your children, they see your love for your spouse and they see Dylan's love for you and everything you do, they're watching. And it's just enlightening for me that you've taken this role as parents and just run with it and done a great job. So hopefully. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being here tonight, being willing to do this. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. And as always, to my listeners, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye.